um, that we look a little bit deeper. Some of this can be put on questionable leadership and poor decision making. These tarnish the image of the National Defense Force. Similarly, when I attended the Durango Head of Missions Conference in April 2022, I received many complaints from our diplomatic fraternity about the performance of our defense attaché clubs. The appointment and promotion of competent, dynamic, and enthusiastic soldiers and employees to leadership position and critical posts is therefore a priority that I will be insisting on during my tenure as minister. I require an urgent review of the practices and criteria used by the National Defense Force to recruit, select, appoint, promote, and place its members. I further require a review of the current timeliness and cumbersome uh, process to recruit, select, and appoint public service employees in the department. I also place great emphasis on the training of the future leaders in financial management practices. Chairperson, I have directed the Secretary for Defense to strengthen the Defense Secretaries to enhance governance in the department as well as to provide the necessary support that I require as executive authority. I'm seriously concerned about the irregularities and corruption of our procurement system. If there is anything that we must fix it, fix quickly, it is our procurement. I'm alarmed at the number of the audit qualifications in the Department of Defense, as well as the number of illicit activities, fraud and corruption that are coming towards my attention. This cannot continue to go unabated. Governance and accountability framework systems in the department has to be overhauled. I remain concerned about the state of financial and resource management in the department. We need to demonstrate to the Auditor General to the Department of Public Service and Administration and National Treasury that we are very serious about the way we go about our business. They are our key stakeholders and we must demonstrate good governance, accountability and consequence management. I also raise my concern about the lack of automated processes in the department and the secretary has been instructed to acquire such. She's also been instructed to institute a high integrity procurement system to break with our fraud system. It is necessary that that system brings with it impartiality, check and balances that we need for value for money. She must also interrogate all instances of irregular, wasteful and unauthorized expenditure and institute appropriate consequent management. She is supposed to revisit and repurpose all delegations to the department so that program directors and their subordinate commanding officers and or managers are held accountable for all the resources allocated under their care. She must interrogate all reports of misconduct, both departmental, criminal, and the institute consequence management were appropriate to the extent of preferring criminal charges against the perpetrators. This must extend to both the civilian employees and the uniformed members. Chairperson, the decline in the defense capabilities forces us to look at prioritizing all our activities for better efficiency. 
in the quest to achieve our constitutional mandate. We must apply the principles of minimizing, prioritizing, right-sizing, and optimizing all aspects of the defense organization. To this end, I ask the Secretary of Defense, of defense and the Chief of the National Defense Force to review the budget allocations to all the budget holders and to reassign funding against the priorities that they have identified, including, if needs be, a zero-based budgeting system. I also need to continue the reduction of personnel to the compensation to reach the ceilings that we have identified, as well as to continuously rejuvenate the personnel complement. The cost-saving uh, interventions that we need to achieve in the, in the procurement system will be worth it in the long term. The National Defense Force is a highly dependent, is highly dependent on a healthy and sovereign indigenous local defense industry. One cannot ignore the desperate plight of the defense and the defense-related industry. This sector has historically delivered an excellent return on government investment. It is currently not only a mainstream industrial manufacturing and development role play, but also a key to the sovereignty of this republic and to the deep level support required by the National Defense Force. The arms support is the accounting authority. As shareholder representative, I require them to commission a hard-hitting factual and uncompromising economic review of the public and private companies in the defense industry to provide a sober, realistic, and unemotional analysis of capabilities and capacities remaining in the public and private components of the industry so that we can make the hard choices against informed basis. To suggest measures, interventions, and mechanisms that will improve industry support to the National Defense Force to make a clear view of the repositioning of the industry in a manner that will enhance the sovereignty of this country, to posit a new relationship with the industry and other stakeholders that ensure the modernization of our National Defense Force and to investigate how they might assist the Secretary for Defense with instituting wide-ranging reforms in the procurement and acquisition process. Honorable members on military veterans matters, we continue to be faced with the challenges still facing the military veterans and their dependents. In this regard, the disbursement of some of the benefits due to the military veterans has not been as smooth as it could have been, and we're working on effective improvements in this regard. Chair, in the current financial year, we intend to roll out what is an important benefit that will alleviate the plight of military veterans. This is the military veterans pension as stipulated in the Military Veterans Act of 2011. We are finalizing the administrative rollout and will later announce the announcement date as well as the military veterans quantum soon. Key to unlocking all of these things that I've been speaking to is that my role must be guided by the appropriate ministerial policy directions and guidelines 
Let the Secretary for Defense. Honorable Minister, I'm afraid your time has expired. And I thank you very much for that note. I place the budget for you. Thank you very much. Thank you. The next speaker will be Honorable Baba. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson, uh, Minister, Deputy Minister, and Honorable Members. Allow me to welcome the tabling of the budget. I will focus on a few areas, while my colleagues will deal with the rest of the critical issues. The primary mandate of the Defense Force is to defend and protect our borders and our people. Vote 23 supports the Defense Force in the execution of this constitutional mandate. The management, the, sorry, the border management, particularly the land borderline management has received some criticisms uh, in the recent past. The establishment of the border management agency and its continued implement, implementation uh, highlights the renewed focus of the state on the need for effective border management. While the border management authority agency's focus is largely on the ports of entry, it leaves the crucial borderline safeguarding function to the SNDF. South Africa's extensive land borderline of 4,471 kilometers has increasingly become the site of illegal economic activities. The scale of illegal activities is reflected in the SNDF's success in its borderline safeguarding function. For example, over an 11-year period between 2011 and 2021, the SNDF recovered 59 illicit weapons, arrested 6,176 criminals, recovered 1,696 stolen cars, and apprehended 1,884 uh, illegal foreign nationals. The direct economic impact of illegal uh, borderline activities on South Africa is also reflected in other SNDF successes, including the confiscation of 929 kg of precious metals, 1,293 kg of copper recovered, did 1,979 livestock recovered and contraband goods confiscated to the value of 446 million rand. It is worth noting that the SNDFs achieved the above success with deployment of only 15 subunits along the extensive land border lines. It has been noted on several occasions to Parliament that at least 22 subunits are required for adequate land border safeguarding. This propelled the committee to recommend to the National Treasury to increase allocation for borderline safeguarding, resulting in an additional allocation of 225 million rand in 2020 to be spent over the medium term for equipment and technology to serve as a force, as force multipliers for border safeguarding deployments. National Treasury did, however, indicate that no further funding, sort of further funds are available for increasing the number of deployed SNTF subunits uh, on the borders to 22. Given the direct 
economic impact of illicit cross-border activities. It may be necessary for a renewed debate around adequate funding of an expanded SNDF uh, land borderline deployment. In addition to the land borderline deployment, increased focus is also required on South Africa's maritime borders and their ability to effectively patrol the country's maritime uh, territories. The recent introduction of new inshore patrol vessels for the SA Navy under Project Bureau will assist in this function. However, further expansion of maritime patrol capabilities, specifically by SA Air Force, requires rejuvenation. A well-patrolled and secure maritime environment is essential to fully realize the economic potential of South Africa's maritime economy. The constitution, as well as the defense review, stress the importance of the defense force in pursuing South Africa's national security objectives through the advancement of its international, regional, and national interest. At the domestic level, the use of SNDF to protect national interest and national assets has displayed has been displayed has been displayed on a number of occasions in the past year. The SNDF was called in to assist the police during the unrest in Gwazulu Natal in Gauteng in 2021 and contributed to the return of peace and resumption of economic activity. More recently, more than 3,000 SNDF troops and specialized engineers were deployed along with seven Air Force, SAA Force aircraft to aid in disaster recovery operations following widespread flooding in Guazul Natal, the Eastern Cape, and the Northwest Province. At a regional level, the SNDF remains a key policy tool, sorry, a key foreign policy tool at the disposal of the state to contribute to regional peace and stability. Peace in the Southern African Development Community not only contributes to regional economic growth, but also offers South African business an opportunity to expand into the region. The SNTF currently has 1,198 soldiers deployed as part of the UN's nation's peacekeeping missions in the DRC, and 1,495 soldiers in Northern Mozambique as part of the SADC peacekeeping mission. Furthermore, the SN Navy is also regularly deployed in the Mozambican channel. This naval deployment not only supports peacekeeping forces in the region, but is an important capability to ensure safety of one of the South Africa's primary maritime trade routes. South Africa de depends on foreign trade for about 60% of its GDP. On top of, its, of, of it, her economy is dependent on imported oil. The ability of the SNTF to be a mobile force that can aid in its primary military uh, roles, as well as secondary humanitarian, humanitarian roles is essential. To maintain this capability requires a well-funded and well-equipped uh, defense force. House Chair, the South African defense, defense budget has continuously decreased in recent years and for 22-23 comprises of only 0.76% of the country's GDP, 
significantly below 3% recommended by the world bodies. This level of funding has resulted in the budget being poorly balanced with the DOD currently spending up to 63% of its allocation on compensation of employees and less than 5% on capital acquisition. This complicates the task to effectively plan force structure and force design for military missions. It has severely curtailed the ability of the defense force to procure new technological advanced equipment, maintain and refurbish existing military equipment, as is evident with the stalled midlife upgrades of the SA Navy frigates and submarines. Given the concerns uh, of reduced defense funding, the Minister of Defense should be commended on her approach in the 2022-2023 annual performance plan, where she states that her focus in the 2022-23 medium term expenditure framework will center on the stabilization and creating of a sustainable defense force within an effective, efficient, and economically managed department able to deliver on the expectation of government. The minister stated that she will undertake a revision of the current 2050 national policy on defense through a revised level of defense ambition, cognizant of both the strategic environment and constrained uh, fiscal outlook. This balanced approach should be welcomed and can put the SNDF on a new path to sustainability. However, this process will need to be speedily concluded and urgently implemented. Parliament will play a key role in monitoring the minister's progress in redirecting defense ambition and uh, working towards defense sustainability. We applaud the role played by the National Convention Arms Control Committee in ensuring the country upholds international law and commitments, including UN Security Council arms embargoes and does not transfer arms, which uh, open code are likely to contribute to the escalation of regional military uh, conflicts, close quote. The defense industry should be commended in respecting the commitment and responsibilities of government, ensuring compliance with related obligations emanating from the international instruments. We welcome the renewed efforts to improve the displacement of benefits uh, to the military veterans, including healthcare benefits. The introduction of pension benefits starting in this financial year will significantly change the lives of many veterans. The role, the castle, the, the, the castle of Good Hope in Cape Town and remains a historical rich Honorable member, I'm afraid your time has expired. Honorable Chair, uh, we support, I support the budget. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Honorable Mare. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Chairperson, never have I been so concerned about the state of our defense force and its defense capabilities, despite thousands of brave and loyal soldiers. The SNDF is now a broken entity, unable to fulfill its core constitutional mandates. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is a stark reminder of our vulnerabilities and state of our defense readiness, should our territory be invaded similarly. 
it is just too serious not to consider the consequences. Under the current budget, the state of our defense force, its capabilities, priorities and strategies are at an increasing risk. The 2015 Defense Review never received any significant support and commitment from Cabinet and National Treasury to achieve the objectives of the five milestones. It is an indictment that milestone one is still not achieved, a lack of political will and intervention being significant reasons. Due to government's economic failures, is the 2% of GDP benchmark to fund the Defense Review unaffordable. The 2022-23 allocation of only 0.67% of GDP or 49 billion is not value for money due to poor and inadequate interventions and, and initiatives by government with failures that will haunt us for years to come. The following are again reflections of the sad state of our prime mission equipment. From the infamous arms deal, the following are serviceable. One of three frigates with one serviceable vessel last week limping along the Mozambican coast due to maintenance and unavailability of spare parts. The past weekend, it was still stuck in Pemba. Zero of the three submarines, zero of the 26 Gripen fighter aircraft, three of the 24 uh, Hawk aircraft, zero of the four Lynx helicopters, three of the 30 Augusta helicopters. From the rest, only two of the 35 Pilatus aircraft, four of the 11 strategic Rayfog attack helicopters, of which three are in the DRC, seven, and 17 of the 39 Oryx helicopters, of which five are in the DRC, with the rest thinly distributed all over South Africa. One of the six C-130 cargo aircraft essential for transport of troops, logistical support and training of paratroops and special forces. One 85-year-old Dakota unable to do the maritime patrol and reconnaissance, and many of the Army's vehicles and equipment are in stages of unserviceability. This is an embarrassing state of affairs, which exposes us to bad actors on land, in the air and at sea. What contributed to this? The department will spend no less than 69% of the approved budget on cost of employees, which alone represents 3 billion rand overspent. This trend is unsustainable and will deplete our capabilities if not addressed. Despite a 30% cut in reserve force mandates, authorizations of unfunded operations will result in a sharp increase in the cost of reserve force members with cost of employees exceeding 70%. The president must reconsider authorizing unfunded or partially funded operations. We do not object to the operations, but to not securing additional ring fence project funding. If not, the defense force must apply the principle of stealing from Peter to pay Paul to meet their obligations. Under the questionable project to sign agreement with Cuba, for technical, professional, and vocational services, payments of 1.4 billion were made by December 21. Under the guise of Tusano, the Defense Force irregularly and illegally procured the Cuban drug interferon at a total cost of $20 million. The Auditor General indicated that all the expenditures under Project Tusano have been irregular and wasteful, with no procurement procedures followed or deviations obtained in contraventions of various laws and regulations. Project Tusano must be terminated immediately. We cannot afford the obligation of a further 1.2 billion rand until 24. It seems when the Defence Force complained that having no, not having the money for essential expenses, its leaders easily secured money to pay their Cuban masters. Clearly, their loyalty lies first with the Cuban comrades and not with our country. When money is bleeding, 
Our children are starving and unemployment and hopelessness reign supreme. The DA will not stand for this should the Minister and the Secretary of Defence fail to act against the culprits in terms of their legislative responsibility, the Auditor General's recommendations, then we will lay criminal charges. The preservation of storage and vehicle, vehicles in prime, of our prime mission equipment for immediate and rapid deployment have been neglected and compromised. The cost-effective contracts for the system maintenance and repair of between 16 and 17 environmentally controlled warehouses in the Army have not been renewed. These systems regulate the humidity, temperature, dust, and air tightness of the storage facilities to assure that the vehicles, equipment, electronics, and munitions are kept dust, rust, and corrosion-free, ready for its rapid employment. Our Gripens and Hawks, too, have fallen victim to this negligence. It must be reinstated to prevent the decay of our prime mission equipment, as well as time-consuming and costly maintenance prior to employment. Project Ufaister is the project to replace aging rattle infantry fighting vehicle with new badgers has become an embarrassing disaster and an example of the consequences of weak political leadership, state capture, cadre deployment and inefficient management. The Defence Force paid 7 billion rand to the Nell Land Systems on an unaffordable project with currently 515 vehicles in stages of completion and a stock of components to assemble many more. Confusion on its, on its future remains, with Minister Modisi indicating its permanent termination, contrary to the belief of Minister Gordon. Minister, it's moet finnig in dat werkelijk gedoen word om ons weermacht te red. Die eerglas het amper uitgeloop, ons het vreesloose maar ingelichtheid oor die kundige politieke leiderskap nodig. Ek deel graag een paar voorstelle. Redesign, restructure and reposition a smaller defense force in compliance with its constitutional mandates and approved budget. Reprioritize strategies and expenditure to achieve, among others, critical capital expenditure. The 22-23 budget of 49 billion is about 15 billion short to support this, and should the budget be increased over the medium term to 1% of GDP. Budget priorities should include cost of employees not more than 55%, with staff not more than 60,000, landward defense to get 38%, air defense 16%, maritime defense 15%, Force employment 10%. To achieve this, terminate Project Tusano, transfer the three military hospitals to the Department of Health, drive rejuvenation as a high priority, liquidate unserviceable, obsolete, and underutilized assets, and ring fence the revenue for capital expenditure projects, rationalize and integrate the structures and activities of Arms Corps Daniel to serve the needs of the Defense Force in a cost effective and efficient way. Embark on a multi-year capital expenditure program for the replacement, acquisition, and upgrades in respect of the Roy Falcon RX helicopters with Mark II versions, the C-130BZ with a J or A4 versions, multiple mar multi-purpose maritime reconnaissance aircraft, reintroduce to service the three frigates and the three submarines, acquire new OPVs and additional IPVs, invest in cyber, satellite, and UAV technologies as force multipliers, reconsider Project Hoofaster with fewer badges in combination with rattle upgrades. Minister, the Defence the defense Force has become a broken entity, unable to fulfill its core constitutional mandate and promises and purposes. You and the Secretary of the Defence do not have the luxury of time to repeatedly reinvent the wheel. 
and request postponement for actions. Both the defense industry and the DA are ready to play a meaningful role to save and rebuild the defense force. The question is whether you are prepared to accept our offers. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is Honorable Mafanya. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, the Minister, Deputy Minister, colleagues in the Portfolio Committee, members of the public. Chairperson, we reject Budget Vote 23 and 26 on defense and military veterans. While serious nations of the world are resourcing their defense force with sufficient personnel training on the latest technological developments, ensuring that the needs of both active and retired veterans are taken care of, this country is moving towards the opposite direction. It was 2015 when the Defense Review was published, which identified a number of serious concerns with the SANDF and warned that without urgent intervention from the state, our defense force would decline to an extent that they will not be able to defend the country when the need arises. Today, seven years later, the Minister of Defense, the Secretary of Defense, and the Chief of the SANDF are still talking about planning for and strategizing for the implementation of the recommendations of the 2015 Defense Review. Today, Minister, you repeated the same recommendations of 2015 Defense Review. What were you doing all the time, Minister? The level of decline of the Defense Force has surely gotten worse over the years. A couple of months back, AMSO came to our portfolio committee and reported that out of 217 aircraft that the South African force has, only 46 are serviceable. And many of the maintenance contracts that the Air Force has have expired or were due to expire. At the time, they reported that even the maintenance of the presidential wing business jet was not guaranteed beyond the first March of this year. This is not a sign of a department that knows what it is doing and is serious about the capacity of defense to defend the country and its people. Linked to this is the unmitigated and shameful destruction of Denel by the ANC. The last time Denel made any profit was in 2016, and the decline over the years has been systematic and difficult to watch. Apart from the impact this has had on the livelihoods of many people employed by Denel, who have lost their houses and had their kids expelled from school. The decline of the nail is a serious threat to the nation and those presiding over this collapse are prisoners, criminals. Chairperson, in this very budget, the department foresees that there will be irregular expenditure of about 3.3 billion of, of personal spending. They also indicate that there will be a balloon of costs for employee benefits from just about 170 million to over a billion for this financial year. This balloon of course is unexplained and it is difficult to comprehend. While all this is happening, our, porous, our, our borders remain porous and are incumbent transit areas for organized crime. Hijacked cars, poaching of rhinos and products of nature are enabled by dysfunctionality of the SANDF. Last year, the president deployed the SANDF to beat up hungry people who were protesting in KZN by doing this, the president abuses powers as the commander-in-chief of the armed forces and used the defense force to quell fires that were stoked by internal factional problems in his party. 
The side of our defense force, the, for, the side of our defense force is in confiscating food from people, food that was to be later be destroyed, has to be the lowest point in the history of this country's armed forces. This is not the first time the armed forces have been used in this way. A few years ago, the president deployed soldiers to fight crime in Cape Town. This deployment was not guided by any intelligence work, and the soldiers merely loitered around Cape Town, and their deployment had no impact of any kind. Today, the violence in Cape Town has escalated, and there are mass shootings almost every weekend. We need a professional armed force that can defend the country at all times. We need to properly remunerate soldiers and military veterans. We need to maintain and renew our military resources from the aircrafts to the most of the basic of weapons. We need to get Dinell and AMSCO working again for the benefit of this and future generations. You have failed the country minister. We reject this budget. Thank you. Thank you, honorable member. The Honorable Inkosi Tebekulu. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, uh, it seems Honorable Tebekulu is having some uh, network problems. Uh, I'll, I'll, can I continue with his contribution? Please proceed. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. As I indicated, and uh, greetings, Honorable Minister. As I indicated, Honorable Tebekulu is having some difficulties. Uh, and I'll proceed to... Uh, uh, comment on some of the remarks that he has made and add a few of mine if I have time. The South African National Defense Force remains a shadow of its former self, all but crippled due to years of budget austerity measures and the loss of professional career military personnel. The SANDF's defense readiness in respect of both human and logistical capacity is anything but combat ready and mandate appropriate. The minister referred this, uh, to, to this herself in her introductory remarks. The morale remains low, which is not assisted by issues relating to career progression, food scarcity and quality for troops, as well as below standard maintenance and upkeep of military bases and equipment in general. In sum, our National Defence Force is, in many instances, unable to meet its mandate to the people of South Africa, to the region and to the continent. The questions we must ask ourselves are, can the SANDF defend us against aggression that endangers the stability of the country? Can the SANDF provide for the internal and external deployment of military forces to enhance security in support of decisions by the executive? And can our defense force provide support to South Africa's population or other government departments in operations and activities other than war by using collateral unity? Chairperson, in many instances, the answer to these questions is no. For example, the multiple safeguarding failures of our borders by the SANDF through its Operation Corona has led us to a potential internal disaster through an influx of undocumented foreign migrants. It may very well end with large-scale acts of xenophobic violence being committed again against foreign nationals, both legal and illegal, as job scarcity continues to grow. In addition, we must take cognizance of the illicit trafficking of vehicles, narcotics, weapons, and other illegal goods that are being permitted to flow in and out of our country. If left unchecked, this situation will only compound and bring even more pain and suffering, 
therefore immediate and capable military intervention, assisted by military intelligence, must be prioritized by the SANDF. Soldiers and civilians that are found to be complicit with criminals in such trafficking must be arrested and fully prosecuted. Chairperson, I took note of what the uh, Portfolio Committee Chairperson indicated about the fact that there is a need for 22 units and only 15 subunits are being used. And Treasury is, and an application has been made to Treasury for additional funding. I think Treasury must take the defense of this country very, very seriously, uh, Honorable Chairperson and Minister. You know, there's a saying about the swings and the roundabouts. What you lose on the swings, you win on the roundabouts. And Treasury must begin to realize that it's not a question of just mathematics and figures. But look at the billions of RAN that are being lost in taxes through the uh, illegal importation and entry of cigarettes to our borders. Look at the question of rhino poaching. 106 rhino have been killed recently. And, and, and we find that it costs us millions of rands to provide security. And then if you look at the question of vehicles that are going through our borders, how much of taxes are we losing in that regard? So I think Parliament has a responsibility, Honorable Chairman, because we have the opportunity to amend budgets. The Act provides for that. And I think we've got to be also firmer in supporting the ministry uh, to ensure that more money is allocated or that there is a, that, that there is a money allocated from one department to another so that the defense of this country can be assured. In respect of the SANDF military personnel employed to Mozambique last year as part of the SADEX continuing mission in Mozambique, particularly the joint rendering of military intervention and assistance to Mozambique in its northern Cabo Delgado province, where Islamic State-connected insurgents remain. We have received many reports of the challenges our military personnel face. This, especially with regard to the availability of spare parts for repair, uh, to repair damaged vehicles, machinery, and communications equipment. Chairperson, our military veterans continue to be treated as an afterthought sometimes by this department and are not well taken care of. Healthcare substandard are not available. Housing is dilapidated and in a serious state of disrepair and dependents are not being cared for. This, in part, is why we see such low morale in our current serving force members. This situation is unacceptable. However, having said that, subject to the very serious concerns we have in the interests of our servicemen and women and military veterans, the IFP will support this budget. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. The next speaker is Honorable Runevald. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Chair, with my limited time, I specifically want uh, to refer to the military veterans in the South African National Defence Force. We know that there's a specific act, uh, the Military Veterans Act of 2011. And Chair, I want to use this opportunity to remind everyone that we must understand that all members of Defence Forces before and after 1994, qualifies for a military veteran. And I want to quote from the Act on the definition of a military veteran. It says quite clearly, military veteran means any South African citizen who A, rendered military service to any of the military organizations, statutory and non-statutory, 
which were involved on all sides of South Africa's liberation war from 1960 to 1994. B. Served in the Union Defence Force before 1961. Or C. Became a member of the new South African National Defence Force after 1994 and has completed his or her military training and no longer performs military service and has not been dishonorably discharged from that military organization or force, provided that this definition does not exclude any person referred to in paragraphs A, B and C who could not complete his or her military training due to an injury sustained during military training or a disease contracted or associated with military training. Now, Honorable Chair, there is a tendency that people and specific uh, conscripts in before 1994, uh, that they do not qualify as military veterans. That is just not true. And I also want specifically to refer to the Cape Colored Unit before 1994. Chair, I am, can I say, flooded with requests from military veterans who qualify in terms of the definition of a military veteran. But yes, I know there are certain preconditions. For instance, they have to register on a register and that there is a specific criteria depending on your income and uh, other issues like, for instance, whether you still receive a salary or not. But, Chairperson, there are many military veterans from the South African Defence Force, the previous Defence Force before 1994, who do qualify for military veterans. But in terms of administration, Everything is done to frustrate them, not to receive the benefits that is meant for them. And I appeal to the Honourable Minister, Honourable Minister, to, even if it is necessary, to have an external order on the names on the register, people who applied and who wanted to register and that just don't get satisfaction to get registered to ensure that those people who qualify, that they get the benefits. And there are numerous benefits, housing, medical, uh, salaries, uh, even uh, finances to start a business. That act was meant for soldiers who serve their country. It doesn't matter on which side they were, they have the right. Chairperson, you... I also want to refer, the Honourable Minister referred to the bloating of the Defence Force, South African National Defence Force. I agree with her. If you look at the figures, we see that there are more than 400, I say 400 generals, and when it comes to the spear end, the combat, combat section of the Defence Force, there are only 97 generals. So more than 300 generals are in the South African National Defence Force and I want to support the Honourable Minister when she said that we will have to look into that matter and ensure that the South African National Defence Force is not a department for those who want retirement 
and specifically from Omkonto Wesizwe. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. I now invite the Honorable the Deputy Minister of Defence and Military Veterans, the Honorable the Deputy Minister. Um, Honorable House Chair, thank you very much for the opportunity. It is indeed an inspiration to come in uh, immediately after Honorable Member Kunewald, who has uh, commented extensively on matters affecting military veterans. Uh, the Minister of Defense and Military Veterans, Minister Tandi Mudise, Honorable Members of the Parliamentary Oversight Committees, distinguished guests from all institutions and enterprises of our military establishment. <clears throat> the Department of Military Veterans continues to make significant advances against the huge backlog it commenced its mandate with. The political support of the president through the presidential task team, as led by the deputy president, was a significant intervention in this regard. During the year in review, DMV registered important success by installing ICT systems assisted by CETA, which will enable the automation of the DMV's business processes. What remains to be done is for employees in the different areas of the department's management to be trained in these technologies. The department will now strive to migrate the administration of all benefits and services onto this integrated data management system. Furthermore, the department is already implementing its own systems in the corporate services and financial administration sections such as PASS, the basic accounting system, and PESA, the personnel salary system. What remains outstanding is the installation of lodges as the department endeavors to fulfill the requirements of being a standalone vote, which it now enjoys. The 133.3 million allocated to program one administration will among others be utilized to realize the above plans. Related to this strategic enablers is the pleasing development that the presidential task team has successfully re-established the verification process of military veterans to relieve the frustration of many members due to their inability to access DMV support because they are not on the database. In spite of the teething problems encountered, the verification team has made tremendous progress. In the interest of advancing administrative justice, the PTT has elected to establish an appeals committee of the verification panel in order to provide recourse to applicants who may not be satisfied with the rulings of the verification panel. The ministry wishes to appeal to all military veterans to lend their support to this work in order for government to ensure that their resources are not abused by those who are intent on defrauding government resources meant for military veterans. The verification process has also thrown up urgent need to attend to the call by members of former self-defense units to be verified and for a credible database of their members to be created. 
This will necessarily include a determination of the support policy tailored to their needs. It is a matter which our parliamentarians will be expected to deal with expeditiously in order to vanquish fears and anxieties among these patriots. Early this year, in this financial year, steps were taken by the Department of uh, Military Veterans to address non-compliance to protect the department against corruption, fraud, and maladministration, resulting in the suspension of a significant number of department senior managers. This intervention had the unintended consequence of reducing the managerial capacity of the department for the greater part of the past financial year. As the departmental hearings of these cases were not prosecuted expeditiously within the stipulated timelines, this matter is receiving close attention. After a considerable weight, support structures to the Department of Military Veterans mandate are being renewed following the disruption occasioned by the COVID-19 pandemic to processes and procedures governing their renewal. A new Military Veterans Advisory Council has been established and its inaugural meeting took place three weeks ago. The process to reconstitute the Military Veterans Appeals Board has commenced. The invitation for submissions has been published. Honorable House Chair, it gives me pleasure to report that the responsibility of the Department of Military Veterans to facilitate the unification conference of the Umkondoesis, the former members community, has been successfully achieved, bringing us closer to the convening of the long-awaited renewal of the mandate of the Military Veterans Umbrella Body Sanfa. The existence of strong, united, well-managed, representative, transparent, and accountable Military Veterans Association is vital and complementary to the realization of the mandate of the Department of Military Veterans. The presidential task team through the work streams and provincial visits is spearheading the collaboration of the Department of Military Veterans and our provinces in enhancing services to military veterans. As it was to be expected, the beginning of the process proved to be difficult as officials proceeded to grind the sausage, so to speak. Nonetheless, the commitment to find solutions is showing signs of improvement. In the fullness of these interactions, it is reasonable to expect that the plans we've tabled may need to be reworked as we implement them. Firm service level agreements with the provinces around housing, health, education, and jobs are bound to lead to a need to revise the projected targets of our tabled plans. A major pressure point in the needs of military veterans, including those who have received houses but are not working, is the absence of incomes. And I heard the Honorable Member seen earlier on saying that uh, uh, we have a problem of the military veterans who are living in dilapidated houses. Uh, that is uh, 
and inaccurate presentation of the problem. There are no military veterans who are living in dilapidated houses. Military veterans either have houses or they don't have houses. And the problem we have is of military veterans who don't have houses, not who are living in dilapidated houses. This still leaves many of them who are unable to find jobs destitute. It is with a sense of relief, as the minister indicated earlier on, that work around the introduction of the military veterans pension provided for in the Military Veterans Act of 90, Act number 18 of 2011 has been concluded under the guidance of the presidential task team. The administrative rollout of this pension, as the minister indicated, and the legal agreements with the GPA is being finalized. The commencement date will be announced, as the minister has already indicated. This pension will bring the desired relief to military veterans who were not gainfully employed during their service in the Liberation Armies and who demobbed without pensions. This will, however, exclude those military veterans from the non-statutory forces who are recipients of the special pension. Unless the amount of the special pension an individual receives is below the sum to be introduced military veterans pension. In the event a military veterans, veteran receives a special pension that is below the military pension, he or she will be entitled to apply for the difference. The founding principle of the Department of Military, military Veterans has always been that military veterans are not invalids. Military veterans are citizens with talents and who possess skills, which unfortunately they can no longer employ for their own livelihoods. Therefore, the primary obligation of the state is to reskill military veterans. However, there is a need for us to appreciate that South Africa's freedom fighters against apartheid are in the majority citizens who no longer fall within the economically active population. Emphasis on the training of military veterans must always be based on a diligent inquiry into the appropriateness of the intervention and the existence of such a need. To overlook this reality may lead to wasteful and fruitless expenditure. Program 3 demands of us to improve planning to minimize arbitrariness of pursuits around training and irregular uh, expenditure. There are two important strategic imperatives the Department of Military Veterans cannot change its output without diligently addressing them. These are the amendments to the Act and the restructuring of the Department. These two challenges shall be addressed urgently. The schedule of the processes of the amendment your time has expired. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. I now call uh, the Honorable Holomisa. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister and Honorable Members, events of the recent past indicate that the SANDF's mandate of focus from protecting us from foreign aggression has somewhat shifted. 
looking at some of the SANDF's interactions with the public during their deployment in Western Cape, KZN, and Gauteng. It is clear that our servicemen and women are not properly trained to deal with civilians or would not be able to deal with the public should there be a a civil uprising in future. The issue of proper equipment in such situations is of concern. That is, was it necessary to deploy tanks in built-up areas during the July 21 mayhem. It would be better if purpose-built vehicles were available. Tardiness in deploying is another way worry. During the KZN floods, it took far too long to see activity. The lack of state of readiness creates questions and anxiety among the citizenry. The fact that the state intelligence has lost the initiative is of great concern. To further model matters, the state security machinery is heavily involved in the politics of the ruling party. The fact that our intelligence bodies are failing to identify the saboteurs of ESCOM and railways, as well as the discovery of illegal mining, is affecting our country's investment potential. But the question is, do we have officers with enough training and experience that could turn the situation around? South Africa has signed several bilateral agreements since 1994, where other countries have agreed to assist with the training of our conventional warfare. They could be appointed or rather approached to help us to efficiently and professionally handle this phenomenon of crisis on home soil. Finally, Honorable Minister, I would urge you as a new minister, to fight for the allocation of proper budget. Complaints over insufficient equipment arrive. For instance, the simplest thing like uniforms and being transported to violent operations in buses. This is bad for morale. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. The Honorable Hoshihadi uh, Motapo. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, fellow South Africans. The South African National Defense Force derives its mandate from Chapter 11 of the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, which says, open quote, the primary objective of the South African National Defense Force is to defend and protect the Republic, its territorial integrity, its people as per the Constitution and the principles of international law regulating the use of force, close quote. The power to protect the borders from any threat of invasion and to ensure that sovereignty continues uninterrupted. The SNDF further protects the nation and contributes to the maintenance of peace in the African continent. Honorable Chairperson, 
SNDF further has the responsibility to protect the political independence of the Republic and have a meaningful role to play in the regional security and contribute to keeping peacekeeping missions in the South African Development Communities region SADC. Operation Vigela is one of the operations of the SNDF in Cabo Delgado with other SADC countries in attempting to keep peace in Mozambique. Honorable Chair, the peacekeeping missions in the region play a vital role in containing any possibility of instability expanding. The Troika has recently made observations that the criminal activities in the borders have become very sophisticated and they require a security update to combat these illegal activities in the borders that seek to threaten the stability of the Republic. The network of crime has grown in the rich and sophistication across national boundaries. They include the syndicates that deal with money laundering, human trafficking, and drug smuggling from different countries. Honorable Chair, the political instability in Mozambique and the invasion by terrorist groups pose a threat to the stability of the whole region. It is for this reason that the budget must be able to cater for both internal and external operation of the South African Defence Force as part of peace and stability. It is for this reason, Chair, that in the medium term, there is a 3.5 billion rand set aside to maintain these external missions. Chairperson, we have witnessed the trend for a while now that there is a consistency in the decline of the budget. Both internal and the external missions of the SNDF are never planned situations. The operation began in Mozambique and Operation Prosper in the July 2021 unrest were never planned nor foreseeable. And lastly, the Operation Chariot in KwaZulu-Natal to protect, to provide support in the disaster management also was never planned nor foreseeable. However, the intervention of SNDF is an emergency. And the last few years has taught us that we must generally be prepared and ready for unexpected events. However, the department remains committed to the protection of territorial integrity and the South African people. The African National Congress is committed to creating a better Africa with the relevant stakeholders to fight against the escalation of terrorism on the African continent. As members of SADC and the African Union, it is of paramount importance. Honorable Chair, as there are two structures that continue to be involved in peacekeeping and maintaining stability in the whole African continent, there is a trend of a general reduction in the expenditure in different departments. We welcome Budget 223, and once again, we strongly recommend that there be no more reduction in the Department of Defense budget because it compromises the work of the Department of Defense. In the meantime, the department continues to work with the available funds at its disposal to ensure it's able to get the job done with the available budget. Honorable Chair, in conclusion, we know the responsibilities of the South African Defense defense that continuously expand each year, yet the budget gets to decline and we ask that this inversely proportional relationship between budget and responsibility must come to an end to ensure that the department can fulfill the mandate as per the statute fully. It is worth noting, Chairperson, 
that irrespective of the budget reduction, the department has continued to perform the duties which is to protect the borders against any illegal invasion that might pose threat to our sovereignty. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. The next speaker is Honorable Jafta. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. The Honorable Chair, why this budget implicates work, the work of at least four ministries, the Home Affairs Portfolio Management and Immigration, the Police Ministry, which is tasked with crime intelligence function, the intelligence portfolio in the presidency, which is responsible for coordinating government work to promote national sovereignty and fight threats to national stability, the Ministry of Defense and Military Veterans ultimately has the final responsibility to steer the ship. To recap, the work of this department is improvised by its shared responsibility mandate with the unforeseen ministries. Despite all this, it has progressively failed to promote one national sovereignty which was undermined by the landing of a private airjet at the Waterloo military base. Secondly, supported the work of the police during the July unrest in KZN. Thirdly, fight security breaches such as the illegal invasion of South African borders by illegal immigrants and criminals. The significant reduction in defense allocation is therefore consistent with the declining work of this ministry. The plight of military veterans demonstrates the extent to which this department has reached rock bottom. It is not a secret that out of desperation, many of them resort to high-level criminal activities. Their desperation may therefore pose national security threats if not responded to on time. Honorable Chair, the only consideration for an extended budget, we argue, is when the department addresses its aging fleet and modernizes its defense and maritime fleet. Honorable Chair, with the challenging task of safeguarding national security and sovereignty, we cannot conclude this debate without praising the work of men and women in the defense force who, under risky conditions, are stationed in foreign settings to promote international international peace and security. We will, therefore, Honorable Chair, support this budget. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. The next speaker is Honorable Basopo. Thank you, thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson, uh, Honorable Minister, uh, Honorable Members. Honorable Chairperson, the African National Congress acknowledges the global economic crisis and the implications, therefore, that it has on everyone in our society. As the ANC upfront, Honorable Chairperson, we support the budget vote. But however, we want to make it clear that 
constant reduction in the budget of the department continues to affect service delivery by the department. The Department of Military Veterans Act provides benefits for the ex-combatants as a token of appreciation for the contribution and sacrifices they have made to ensure that South Africa attained the democratic society that we are living in today. But unfortunately, Chairperson, the majority of people here who are talking a lot and attacking the African National Congress, and for that matter, most of them were the oppressors, were not part of these processes. But today, they have caused to attack us as the ANC. That is not accepted, Chairperson. Chairperson, the appreciation of work done by the military veterans in fighting for liberation seeks to address the historical injustices and structural inequalities created by the previous regime. This will bring national unity and social cohesion to our society. Honorable Chairperson, the primary objective of the Department of Military Veterans is to provide national policy and standards on socioeconomic support for the military veterans and their dependents, as well as policies and standards on heritage and empowerment programs, including those that contribute to national building and reconciliation. Honorable Chairperson, the major budget of the department of 57.10% went to program two of social economic support. And there is an increase compared to the previous allocation, which was 50.26%. This is the largest share of the budget because it speaks directly to the benefits of the military veterans. These benefits, Honorable Chairperson, include housing allocation, which has been very slow in terms of delivery, education, pension, etc. All these benefits, Chairperson, require money for them to be implemented, and the budget reduction has a direct impact on the implementation challenges. Thus, we had witnessed military veterans even protesting to provide uh, to prove their unhappiness, uh, Chairperson. Chairperson, we welcome the, side, the slight increase in the budget of military veterans. The department is committed to delivery of 1,315 houses in the medium term uh, uh, to the military veterans in trying to implement the mandate of providing shelter for the military veterans. <clears throat> honorable Chairperson and honorable members, the budget allocation uh, a vote for 23 will play a significant role in the implementation of the priorities of the department. It will, it, this, therefore, will change the wish list of benefits of the military veterans to be in reality. The allocation of, of budget of the, of the Department of Defense of Military Veterans will ensure that the performance on all programs and not leave any program behind. This will be done by making sure that all different programs get their allocation and continue with the work that needs to, to do with the available budget. The medium uh, term will provide the department with an opportunity to creatively evolve and harness the skills pro uh, development program. The aim of this will be to ensure that military veterans can be self-sustainable by empowering them with certain skills like plumbing, this will be done through uh, joint projects uh, with different stakeholders, including some institutions of higher learning and TVET colleges. This Chaperson is a project that will equip both the veterans and their dependents 
encourage them to join the government project of creating employment and businesses opportunities. The department allocated about 468.9 million with the plan to creating access to relevant training for about 3,000 military veterans. This is part of ensuring that there is sustainable development where the military veterans can make means for living without fully dependent on the government funding only. The department is further committed to ensure that the beneficiaries receive several bursaries for both the military veterans and their dependents and the allocation of these benefits is within the social economic support program, which is allocated budget of 1.1 billion over the MTF period. This is one of the benefits of the Military Veterans Act and with the budget vote the Chief Department will be able to ensure there is implementation of this commitment. Uh, the Department of Military Veterans has the responsibility to bring stability to the department and ensure that vacancies in the department are closed. This will ensure that the operations in the department are running smoothly and service, services are given to the relevant beneficiaries. These issues, issues of instability in the military department cannot be overstressed anymore. And there is no a, a need to, to, to stabilize the department for service delivery. In conclusion, honorable chairperson and honorable members, the ANC is concerned with the history of underspending in the department while the services are not reaching the people who are intended for which military veterans. Uh, veterans. The department must be capacitated to be responsive to the challenges faced by the military veterans. The ANC notes with concern the matter of the department concerned having unspent funds. We wish to implore the department to ensure spending of funds and assist the military veterans and identify the areas of focus in suspending the allocated fund and bring more human resource to ensure that there is work done in the department. Once again, Chairperson, as the ANC, we support the budget vote. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. The next speaker is Honorable Hendricks Aljama. Honorable Hendricks. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Honorable, Honorable House Chair, South Africa has a long way to go to show appreciation to the sacrifices made by our military veterans from all liberatory political formations. We must learn from practices from other nations who celebrate and appreciate those who value the liberation of the country so much that they offer to pay the highest sacrifice anyone can make for their country, their lives. All those who served in the apartheid defense force cannot be military veterans and must be considered to be honorably discharged. I know that Codessa made concessions, but these concessions fall away as whites hold on to the economy and the official opposition opposes black economic empowerment, advancement in terms of the BEE coach, and every forum wants business as usual for whites. Honorable uh, House the Defence Force is an employer and Parliament should increase its oversight to make sure that the Defence Force employs best practices when it comes to the employees, especially uh, in the area of housing. 
the Defence Force is back up when the country has a crisis. We saw this with COVID, the July lootings and the floods. Women are now today kidnapped all over South Africa and to rescue women must be a core function of the Defence Force and the Defence Force must put in place a standby force to be deployed when needed. Serene Esop, age 32, was kidnapped in Cape Town yesterday like the daughter of a prominent EF member not long ago. Her father complained that Africans are silent about kidnappings. Why is our own defense force silent? Do their silence help kill more women and result in more kidnappings? Al-Zamar feel the pain of the EFF and the family of Serene Esop. It cannot be that to find her must only be the responsibility of the police. When it comes to kidnapping of women and gender-based violence, all the resources of the country must be used to protect women, including the Defence Force. Nigeria uses their Defence Force when women and girls are kidnapped. The EF last week marched in Umtata, but kidnappings of women continue. South Africa will go down as a failed state if the kidnapping of women continues. We have 300 generals we heard from uh, Honourable Marais that uh, are not combatants. They can uh, gainfully be used to address this particular problem. One cannot have resources confined to barracks and officers when there is a war on women in the form of kidnappings. The Commander-in-Chief, President Ramaphosa, must make a call that Serene Ishop must be found and that our intelligence forces must prevent women from being kidnapped. This is the least that can be done to show that the Commander-in-Chief is there for women, even in Cape Town, Honorable even Hendricks, in the on the Cape Town. time is up. Thank you very much. I now invite the Honorable Shalembe. Chairperson, the Democratic Alliance notes the allocation of 666.4 million rand to the Department of the Military Veterans for 2022-23. The DMV derives its mandate from the Military Veterans Act number 18 of 2011, which requires the department to provide national policy and standards on social economic support to the military veterans and their dependents, including benefits and entitlements to help realize a dignified, unified, and self-sufficient community of military veterans. Since 2011, the DMV under the ANC government has still not finalized the policies in order to implement the above-mentioned mandate. The fact that the policies on transport compensation and pension have still not been finalized is an indictment to the Department of Military Veterans including the minister and the president, given that the act has been in place for more than 10 years. Chairperson, this alone means the ANC is guilty of gross negligence and the ANC must voluntarily step aside and hand over the government to the Democratic Alliance in order to get things done. The Military Veterans Benefit uh, Regulations published in the Government Gazette on 19 February 2014 stipulates clearly that the DNV must within 30 working days from the date of application for a benefit, notify the applicant in writing of the outcome of the application, and the notification must be hand-delivered or sent by prepared registered post to the applicant. Mr. Cohen Christopher, who is a military veteran, force number 8063318, and whose wife applied for medical assistance on 27 August 2019, has yet to receive a notification informing her of outcome of her application. This is totally unacceptable. It has taken almost two years with no update on the outcome of her application. 
which clearly demonstrate a failing state under the ANC and the complete undermining of military veterans who risked their lives, suffered psychological trauma and injuries while protecting our country and its citizens. The failing ANC must please step aside. Chairperson, it is disappointing that on 14 of May 2022 in Northwest Province, the Deputy President David Mabuza, who leads the presidential task team, told the military veterans that, I quote, we are excited that finally the obstacles that were preventing us from dispensing the necessary services to the military veterans have been overcome. Close quote. This is misleading, given that the military veterans' pension policy still needs to be formally adopted. The publication and amendment of the military veterans' benefits regulations to make provision for regulations on pension has still to be done, and the allocation of funds for the purpose of military veterans' pension pay payments had not been shown on the annual performance plan for 2022-23. Military veterans are struggling under the, your watch, uh, Minister. They are starving and homeless. The allocation for socioeconomic support management sub-program under which pension management falls increased from 196.1 million in 2021-2022 to 230.7 million in 2022-23. Over the medium term, the allocation of this sub-program sub remains stable, which means no additional funds for payment of pension have been made. So for the deputy president to say the DMV is ready to roll out pension and other benefit is misleading. The AG has on numerous occasions raised concern regarding the vacant crystal position under the DMV. These positions include the deputy director general under socioeconomic support, which has the responsibility to implement the rolling out of pension benefits of our military veterans, but no action has been taken to implement the recommendation of the AG. In the third quarter of 2021-22, the Department of the Military Veterans had only spent 48 of its allocation budget, which is a demonstration of poor performance by the DMV under the ANC government. It is but one of the reasons that why the reason why the ANC Poverty Cabinet must voluntarily step aside before... Thank you very much, Honorable Shalembe. Your time is up. It's only the DA that... Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable members, I'm informed that Honorable Mutapo uh, used the uh, left two minutes of her time that was allocated and she would want to donate it to Honorable Mutle. Honorable Mutle will have 11 minutes. I now invite the Honorable Mutle. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Uh, and good day to all the members. Uh, I will start uh, up front by indicating that the African National Congress welcome and support the budget uh, vote 23 and 26 with the understanding that our National Defense Force is impacted negatively by the enormous pressure uh, on the fiscals that leads to the defense uh, budgetary constraint. Honorable Chair, I want to also quote uh, Benjamin uh, Franklin, who said, and I quote, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And a scenario of uh, the Nigerian government with relation to how it treated the military is relevant in this case. 
the Nigerian government has over years not prioritized its military budget, which later over the years resulted in a situation where soldiers could not fight the enemy. It was not because of lack of uh, bravery from those soldiers, but because of lack of weapons. And therefore, as the NC will not uh, go that route. Uh, but even before I, I proceed, I want to address the one key important issue uh, raised by the DA. To the DA, Hippocratic DA, uh, through Honorable Murray and Honorable Shilembe, we thought you agree with us on the non-partisan approach on matters of the defense. And clearly you have proven yet again that uh, your bosses do not agree with you on the approach that we agreed upon. It is unfortunate that your party position expects us to divorce, expect you to divorce the progressive undertaking uh, by the Portfolio Committee and the Joint Standing Committee on the approach that we are supposed to take to deal with matters of the defense. You are forgiven for that because we understand it, uh, the, your organization does that against your will. Uh, uh, and they do so because of lack of knowledge. And uh, probably they enforced those speeches against your will. Uh, we both know that the defense force is willing to execute its mandate under the constrained physical challenges and we condemn, we commend them for uh, 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 their honorary belief and, and, and execution of the mandate despite the, the challenges that they face. The EFF has once again proven again that uh, Franz Fanon was correct when he said, and I quote, zombies, believe me, are more terrifying than colonists, close quote. Hence the posture taken by the EFF on this budget vote. Let me not waste my time on them and articulate what the NC is doing uh, to ensure that uh, we do not fail the South African National Defense Force. The African National Congress government will not fail by not preparing the South African National Defense Force to be able to execute its mandate. We are saying this with confidence because for the first time in the history of the ANC, the upcoming policy conference will extensively discuss the state of the South African National Defense Force with its challenges, we, with its challenges that are well captured in the draft policy document. And we've got hope that the collective wisdom of the comrades in the ANC will then arise and resolve the challenges faced by the South African National Defense Force. A stable defense industry directly speaks to the national development plan, which speaks to the need of having South Africa contributing to the global uh, scientific and technological advancement of the defense industry. Uh, defense industry plays in a meaningful role in that regard. The defense industry in South Africa has opportunities and benefits that can contribute to the economic development. Therefore, maintaining a capable defense industry is of immense value to the state, both in military terms. In military terms, what we mean is that a local defense in industry provides a country defense force with the capability to maintain, upgrade, and replace weapon and equipment. The South African National Defense Force benefits from this capability contained in the 
expertise of more than 120 domestic defense industry companies with a wide array of capabilities. These companies are also important contributors to economic growth, as well as research and innovation. For an example, in 2021, the local defense industry exported ammunition to the value of 3.4 billion through 574 contracts to 67 countries. South Africa has a rich history of defense-related innovation that contributes to non-military application. Arms code development of the ultrasonic broken railway detector based on the submarine technology is a clear example of the benefit of the defense research and technology. Despite its value, South African defense industry has come under increasing pressure in recent years. The South African defense budget has continuously declined in recent years, yet the South African Defense Force required tasks maintained the same and have even increased recently. Due to limited uh, South African National Defense Force spending within the local defense industry, the industry is highly reliant on export to maintain itself. South Africa ensures that such exports are aligned with the international requirements through the work of the National Convention, Conventional Armed Control Committee. Committee. Recent engagement between the committee and the defense industry, including the intervention by parliament, have paved a way for more efficient export uh, applications. The introduction of the digital application system for the industry is an example of this program. However, the local defense requires better support and strategic direction from the DOD. If there is properly costed long-term procurement plan for weapon system from the South African National Defense Force, it will allow the local defense industry to plan accordingly. It is therefore encouraging to see the recent development of the aerospace and the defense master plan, but agent implementation and effective planning around DOD project will be required. Parliament will play a key role in overseeing progress in this regard, because without intervention and proper planning, South Africa stands to lose important strategic defense capabilities in the defense industry. The role of Armscoin and DINEL in the South African defense industry remains critical to DOD. AMSCO has, as the acquisition agent of the DOD, is a, is a critical role player in ensuring effective arms acquisition for the military. AMSCO's procurement skills, skills were demonstrated through, for an example, the successful progress in Project Biro, which the minister made mention of. Uh, with the first three new onshore patrol vessels delivered uh, to the South African Navy uh, uh, on the 18th, which is last week. AMSCO also manages a number of highly technical research and development facilities such as uh, Protechnic Laboratories that work on chemical and biological def defense, as well as AMSCO Dockyard that operates uh, the naval dockyard uh, at the SA Navy. However, AMSCO is functioning under increasing pressure due to the limited defense spending on procurement of weapon system and investment in the, in the defense research. The current discussion around AMSCO and the 
broader defense industry in South Africa is, however, dominated by the decline of uh, Dinel. Dinel offered an immense strategic defense capability to South Africa, being able to develop a complex land uh, vehicle, missiles, uh, aerial platform, and aircraft. With the loss of a high number of skilled personnel, coupled with severe financial constraint, a significant proportion of this capability has been lost. This is visible in, for an example, the project of Easter that uh, required Dinel to build a new fleet of infantry fighting vehicle for the South African National Defense Force. The project is more than five years behind schedule and its feasibility is increasingly in doubt. As the Portfolio Committee on Defense and Military Veteran, we gave AMSCO the DOD and DINEL until the 21st of uh, July 2022 to report back on the final decision on the project. Nevertheless, Project Roof Heister highlights that South Africa will lose what South Africa will lose in terms of defense capability without an entity like DINEL. Therefore, it is incumbent upon all of us uh, to join hands and ensure that we save DINEL. It does not matter where DINEL is located. The NC has long taken a resolution that uh, DINEL must be relocated to uh, the Department of Defense. And we can't wait for it. We can't wait for it to come back to DOD in a healthy state because it does not make any difference. If the DINEL is going to be bailed out by the same treasury that uh, uh, is being led by the African National uh, uh, Congress, it can, it might as well do that when DINEL is uh, uh, well located uh, under the DOD. What is clearly needed is an agent decision on the way forward for Dinel. With, 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 I mean, the decision must take into account the strategic military requirements of the South African National Defense Force. Without an agent decision, South Africa may permanently lose the strategic military advantage that comes with the technology advanced uh, uh, advancement uh, offered by the the defense industry. AMSCO as an entity is increasingly reliant on funding from commercial ventures to boost its income. Given the special skill that AMSCO maintains, it is essential that uh, the broader public and the private sector should be made aware of the skills possessed and the services and new opportunities for AMSCO be secured to ensure its sustainability. By ensuring that AMSCO maintains its capabilities, it will be ready to take a new time. Thank you very much. We we support uh, the budget. Hey, well done. Thank you very much. I now invite the Minister of Defense and Military Veterans, the Honorable the Minister. Thank you, Chairperson. I wish I had time to respond to all the members, but thank you for those who are supporting the budget. If I could, I would have said to myself, I reject the budget because it is not adequate. But there is a defense force that must function, that must still do all the things that it needs to do. And therefore, every cent that is allocated inadequate as it is, is welcome to us. I want to start off by responding to Daddy Khun about we've been together as portfolio committee and joint standing committee members, 
we were together when we passed the Military Veterans Act. You do know exactly why that act was uh, brought to Parliament and why we passed it. To be exact, your TBVC and SADAP members belong to what was then known as the statutory forces, which means they had regular incomes, leave recognition and payments. Your APLA, your MK, and your KIBLA members were people who had volunteered, had nothing. So these people who came in from the so-called statutory forces came in with their pay slips and came in with their pay packages and contributed, and we hope they had been contributed to a pension fund, which means at the time when they retired, they had something built up for them. Those who came from the three non-statutory arms that integrated had nothing. And therefore, largely, we must say that that act was supposed to do something about those who, Honorable Grunewalter, retired and were given 20,000 and 28,000 to start a home, to start a whole life. So we hear what you are saying, but by the same token, in that SADAF element, we must also remember the way the Cape Colored Coast, who, when they retired, some of them had not integrated, but had also not gotten anything. Those we have very serious rapport with and we will listen to. Now, any military veteran in South Africa must be treated with respect. And that is why we are hurrying up to make sure that the transport, the pensions, the education, extension to the uh, uh, family is, is done in terms of the law and is adequate to cover the dignity and for the sacrifices given for this country. Honorable Maria and Honorable Shalembe, I don't know what you think. You know, Honorable Maria says, don't tell us about plans. Don't tell us about looking at what is happening now in defense. Go back to 2015. By the same token, you are saying, ditch the military hospitals and put them into the Department of um, Health. What for? That was not in the 2015 defense review. So, you want to chop and change, you want to bring in things, but you do not want us to take time to go back to 2015 to see what can be. Recording in progress. This, because if I hear any member of the ALC speaking about the defense industry and the ALC in the same breath, I will take issue with it. The defense industry is supposed to be an industry there. It gets some support via this Department of Defense, via AMSCO. And therefore, it cannot have a party political stance and be spoken to or on behalf of by you, Mr. Mare. I am also one of those who has been lucky. I remember 
spent a lot of time in the legislative sector of things. And when I was there, believe you me, I jealously guarded the overreach from the executive into the legislative sector. I will guard the same jealously that the legislative sector must not overreach into the executive arm. Because if you give me an ultimatum and tell me, if you don't do this, I'm going to do that. Even before we have the time to say to you, we are looking at this, we are seeing whether it is workable or not. I'm, I'm afraid then I must really invite you to take me to court because I am not going to allow the Department of Defense or the military veterans to get into any agent uh, instruction issued by the Portfolio Committee or the Joint Standing Committee without proper proper planning without looking at the resources and preparations and to make sure that there is value for money in whatever they do. Thank I welcome you. all the positive um, things. And as I say, thank you very much for those who support the budget. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. Honorable members, you are reminded that the debate on public works and infrastructure budget vote, National Treasury, which is state security budget vote, and home affairs budget vote will take place at 1400 hours on the virtual platform. That concludes the debate and the business of this virtual mini plenary session. The mini plenary will now rise. Thank you. Thank you.